Salvador Dali is my all-time favorite painter. And a favorite quote of mine of his is, don't fear perfection because you'll never achieve it. I like that because what is perfection? You know, what is perfection to me might be not so perfect to you. I don't strive for perfection. I'm not a perfectionist. And when it comes to my hobby, I just strive to do my best. And that's what episode 30 is all about today. So welcome to the show, guys. My name's Eero. This is Imperial Rebel Law Podcast, and this is episode 30. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models, and crank the music, because it's time for... The Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. I think over time, and it's been five years nearly five years since I've sort of been really um, obsessed with the hobby. Um, I think over the last five years, I've slowly got better at painting. I think with the modeling aspect, with the conversions and stuff like that, it almost, and I don't want to sound arrogant, but it almost kind of came naturally to me. I didn't feel like I had to learn how to convert. It kind of just, I just tinkered away. And of course, some things didn't work and some things did. And I, I suppose you learn naturally by that as well. But I didn't, I don't know, I didn't sort of uh, watch tutorials, for example. I didn't learn from anyone on how to convert. I might have been inspired by things I'd seen online and, and given things a go, but I <clears throat> I didn't feel like, yeah, someone had to hold my hand. Whereas when it came to painting, I just kind of jumped in the deep end and started painting, not realizing that there's so many cool little techniques to learn along the way that can really enhance the finished pro- finished product. Um, for instance, like washes. Like I had back in the day when I was painting, like when I first started painting at 14 years old, I don't I don't even know if washes were around. They might have been. Maybe one of you lot can tell me. But I, I didn't know about them, that's for sure. I just slapped some paint on a miniature. I didn't know about blending. I didn't know about highlighting. I didn't know any of these things. I just stuck on some paint and tried my best. And I'm sure compared to what I'm doing today, and again, not trying to sound arrogant, but they would look pretty shoddy, I reckon. As I said in the intro, I don't strive for perfection. I really don't. I I like to uh, get my models to a certain point where I can look at them and go, I've done the best I can and they look good and they look better than they did, you know, maybe six months ago, two years ago, you know, that I can see an improvement. And I think that's a big tick for me. And that's all I really need. I don't want, um, I don't know, I, I'm not striving for that, that perfect model, because I don't think I'm ever going to achieve it. I don't think I'm ever going to be completely satisfied and just go, yep, I've nailed it. I am the greatest painter in the world. <laughs> the same applied when when I used to make a lot of music in bands and stuff like that, I never was never quite satisfied, uh, but I was I always would listen to a song and go, well, that's really cool. I like how we've done this song, but maybe next time I could try this. And I think just that always having that determination to get better at something is kind of cool. But if you're striving for perfection, I think the opposite end of that is you're going to be really hard on yourself if it's not perfect. And yeah, I don't I don't live my life that way. I got to be honest, when I first started painting or getting back into the hobby five years ago, I didn't watch any tutorials on how to paint because I just thought, oh, it's going to be pretty straightforward. Just slap some paint on, bingo, bango, and it's done. 
Then I started to compare and look at what other people were doing online on, on blogs and Instagram. Um, Google Images was my friend. Like I just <laughs> would like, you know, scroll through images after images of all these amazing paint jobs um, and the Golden Demon Award like level kind of stuff. You just go, wow, that's, that is phenomenal painting. And I, yeah, suddenly I was like, hang on a minute. I, I think it's almost arrogant to just go straight into it thinking I can paint when really <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't know. I didn't really understand anything about shading and highlighting, for example. Nothing like that. I was using pretty standard kind of crappy brushes, which is okay. Like, you, you know, there's always a need for that, um, depending on what you're using them for. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I kind of just. I guess I just threw myself in the deep end and, and didn't really, uh, for lack of a word, like respect what needs to be done to try and get to a certain level of painting, you know? I just thought, yeah, I can do that. No worries. And off I went on my merry way. And then bit by bit, learning from other bloggers, like I said, looking at images, getting some feedback on my own work, then bit by bit, I started to learn. And then I started to go, right, I need to do, I need to learn how to do this particular skill. Um, so uh, yeah, jumped straight onto YouTube and started looking up tutorials. We all have our own way of learning and I'm not very much, I'm not the type of person to watch a tutorial and do exactly what they tell me to do. Like I, from, from start to finish, if you know what I mean. Like I'll always watch something and then take elements from it and then apply it to my own um, style or the way I work, you know. Like I'll, I won't just go, oh man, I love how he's painted that German Grenadier for bolt action with the camo, I'm gonna do exactly what he's told me to do. Not at all, because I'm, I don't know, I like to find, I like to sort of get the ideas and some and some um, tips, but then sort of develop my own way and find my own thing. Does that make sense? I'm sure I'm not alone in that. However, some of the tutorials out there are so good, and that's the kind of world we live in these days, that you can just press play on a video and, some person can teach you exactly how to paint, and as long as you've got a bit of patience, exactly how to paint this uh, orc or whatever it is, and I think that is really, really cool. I love the fact that there's hobbyists out there who are just like me and you, who are just passionate about what they do, love the game, or they love miniatures, or they love painting, whatever it is, and but they feel compelled to share it. And I really, I really appreciate that because obviously a lot of time and effort goes into making these videos for us noobs at home learning how to do it. Um, and I think that's such a cool thing. I think it's such a selfless thing to, for someone to go, well, I'm really happy with the results I've achieved painting this Imperial Guardsman. Um, so you know what? I'm going to do a video. I'm going to tell everyone how I achieved it and, and you know got these results. I think that's such a selfless thing. And I really applaud people that take the time and effort um, to do that for us. And man, are we spoilt for choice or what? I mean, it's so cool. You just simply press play on one of these videos and you're hooked. You really like, like for me, I can watch one after another, even learning, like I might be watching a video on how to paint elves and I'm not into elves or Eldar. Um, but you'll still pick up a, a few tips and tricks, you know, and, uh, yeah, but there's, there's so many. You know what, Eero, it's really starting to piss us off that you give elves such a bad name. Why not just give it a go, you selfish 
bastard. People out there doing these tutorials for us that, yeah, you just, ju just jump straight in. Like I found one the other day um, called The Painting Coach. Just type that in to YouTube, you'll find him. And he his delivery is so straightforward. It's just... It's just bang. Let's get stuck into painting some miniatures. I really, I really like that. There's no bells and whistles with it. It's just here's the miniature. This is how I do it. This is how you can achieve these results for yourself. And it's cool. Like I watched. I ended up watching like six or seven videos in a row. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we're really, really lucky that we can. Because to be honest, um, for me personally, if I had to learn from a book, I learned it from a book. If you know that, if you know that reference, you're my kind of person. Um, but if, yeah, if I had to sit there and learn it from a book, you know what? I'm not going to learn it because I like reading, but I don't like learning from books. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I know what books is. <laughs> which, which is needless to say why I didn't do amazingly well at school, although I did well in my exams. The more we watch and the more we read and the more we look and observe, the more we learn. And obviously that goes for everything in life. But with painting, for me personally, the tutorials are working wonders because I am getting better. And yes, it comes down to practice, of course, like just constantly at something all the time, then yeah, you're, you're going to hone your skills, you know what I mean? But picking up the little tricks along the way has really helped me. As I said, I didn't know really anything about highlighting. I didn't know anything about, I knew, I knew how colors worked. I knew the, the color wheel, um, long story short, but my background, I, there has been some design, uh, interior design and product design and stuff like that. So colors uh, and that kind of thing almost came fairly natural for me. So I didn't have to learn that. Um, but you know, it's all those other little things, uh, certain products that you might want to use, um, certain inks or washes or varnishes, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of a cool journey. And when you, when you see something on a YouTube that, uh, one of the presenters might've used a trick or something like that, and then you give it a go and it works. Wow. Your mind is blown. You're so excited. You show your family, you take photos, you put it on Instagram because you go, hey, look, I can do this now. And I think that's cool. That's that's such a cool aspect of the hobby. And and yeah, and as I said, my, my hat goes off to people out there that are that are um, compiling these, these tutorials for us. And I just think what a selfless thing. I know I banged on about it before, but honestly, it's such a big deal. So I think if you can follow them, if you can like their videos, if you can comment, all that kind of thing for these guys and girls out there uh, putting up these, these videos for us, that's a great thing too. Show your support. Two key points I wanted to share with you um, is that you can't, you can't rush it. You can't rush your skills. You know what I mean? They have to be a sort of a slow climb. Now, of course, if you're if you're lucky enough to be um, painting miniatures every single day, as opposed to someone like me who's sort of painting every few days, then of course your skills should naturally progress a lot quicker than mine. But there's no rush. There is actually no rush, and it's kind of fun taking your time and learning bit by bit as well. But of course, the most important thing is just paint. Just paint. Just pick up those miniatures, paint them, slap some paint on, have fun, learn as you go. And yeah, if, if 
I've often said to like family members and friends and stuff like that, like when I spoke to Big Woz in uh, a few episodes back, um, you know, like I, I would love it if my friends got into the, the hobby of painting miniatures. Uh, <laughs> it's not for everyone, but it it's so much fun. I don't see why someone wouldn't want to do it, <laughs> put it that way. But then I guess the, uh, I don't know, the snowboarder enthusiast probably doesn't understand why I don't want to snowboard. I have snowboarded before and quite enjoyed it, but um, yeah, these snowy peaks are quite a distance from where I live. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just, yeah, just have fun, paint some miniatures. Just do it. Just do it. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. If you'd like to email me, you can by emailing me at imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow my blog, which I encourage you to do so, not just because I'm, you know, I'm not trying to collect people. What I really enjoy about the blog is uh, the interaction. You get a bit of interaction with Instagram, comments and things like that, DMs, but there's, there's more interaction on the blog. There's a conversation and I really dig that. I actually, it's one of the key things about the blog that I enjoy the most. Um, so yeah, you can find me Imperial Rebel Orc at Word, oh sorry, imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. My Instagram is imperialrebelorc over on Instagram. Now talking of Instagram, why put up a... Um, uh, a post the other day, uh, it's kind of a, I guess, like a newish thing I'm doing now called Eero Asks. <laughs> and that's where I post up a question to listeners and followers and stuff like that just to get a bit of involvement. And, and I've just thought it might be interesting. The question I asked was, what's your favorite step to painting? I'll start with my favorite step, all right? Because it's my bloody show. Um, I love weathering. Weathering is my absolute favorite. I, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, actually. That's how much I love it. Um, whether it's a miniature, like a, a character or a, um, or a vehicle or something like that, yeah, the weathering is so much fun. A bit of wear and tear, uh, even like a bit of spattering of blood, I'd consider it weathering as well. Um, a scar or dirt on the boots or dust on the cape or whatever it is, you know, rust on the uh, down the guard of a vehicle, muddy chunks on the tracks of a tank. I really enjoy all that kind of stuff. And I think it just gives... I suppose it gives your own little flair, gives the gives the model a bit of character, a bit of your idea of what the character should be, I suppose. You know, like, it, yeah, it sort of just takes shape a little bit more rather than having, and it comes down to personal taste, rather than having this pristine space marine, I'd rather see a bit of wear and tear and a bit of weathering. But yeah, that's, that's my favourite aspect to the whole uh, painting side of things. But... I asked the question, and uh, many of you replied, which is awesome. I, I get so pumped when I when I get some involvement like that. I really, really enjoy it. And uh, as mentioned in the um, when I put the picture up, I'll give you a shout out as well because it works both ways. This kind of thing. It's not all about just supporting my stuff. It's about me going, hey, you know, go and check out, for instance, uh, Blackback Minis. Um, now he says, uh, where are we? He says. For me, that's weathering for sure. And he got three likes on that one because I think a lot of people like the like the weathering side of stuff. Um, so thank you, Black Back Minis. Go check him out. Um, uh, 
uh, some of the names I think we're going to struggle with, but I'll try, <laughs> I'll try my best. I'll spell them out if I'm having trouble with them. This one is from Apostate Fidum. Apostafidum? <laughs> Sorry, you're probably shaking your head going, oh my God, this guy is an idiot. But it's A-P-O-S-T-A-T-E-F-I-D-E-M. Apostate fidum is probably something completely different. Anyway, he says, I swear by dry brushing, fabric, metal, hair, or faces, there's a chance I will dry brush it. And in a like crying, smiling faces, laughing so hard. I can't highlight to save my life, so find it's an easy cheat. Look, me too, brother. I um, or sister, not sure. I think it's brother. <laughs> I when I uh, first discovered dry brushing, I I dry brushed everything because it was easier, and you had some really cool results at the end. And believe me, I still do a lot of dry brushing. It's not something I would definitely put aside or anything like that. And and I believe there's still quite a skill in dry brushing because sometimes you've got to dry brush the smallest of areas just to create that highlight. And that, that takes a bit of patience. But all I can say is that since I've been practicing highlighting with just the normal brush, you know, the, the paint on the brush and using the edge of the bristles, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of addictive. Like I would say it's probably, I love weathering, but I'd say the highlighting is probably a close second now actually, because I really enjoy that, that aspect of it. And What's been interesting to me is, now, of course, if you just show anyone, you go, look at this model, they go, oh, yeah, it's cool, I can see it. Um, but if you show a hobbyist, they'll appreciate the fact that you've done a highlight, you might have done, you might have done a dark brown, then you've done a mid-brown, but then you've done a light brown, and that just takes it up a notch, in my opinion. Uh, we also heard from uh, D-F-K-M-E-I. I don't think that's a word. I don't know what it is, but it's D-F-K-M-E-I. Thank you for commenting, dude. Um, They said, I love edge highlighting and OSL. Some of you might be wondering what OSL is. OSL is object, source, lighting. Basically, in layman's terms, all right, because I am a layman. Um, uh, Imagine you've got a miniature right, standing on its base in the middle of the table. And then you shine a torch from the upper right-hand side and point it at the miniature. The light hitting that miniature, so on its, so if you're aiming it, oh, this is going to get complicated. Okay, (laughs) you're aiming it straight down on top of the miniature. Um, So its head or its helmet is going to be the lighter part and then everything else underneath is going to be shadowy and you're going to see that gradient. So it's going to be light on the shoulders, light on the top of the head, and then it's going to gradient out into darker. Does that make sense? So it's basically like if we're, if you're standing in the middle of the garden wherever the sun is and you're staring at it and burning your eyeballs, um, your face would be really light if someone was to draw you or paint you. And then the rest of like behind you, is like the dark side of the moon. Does that make sense? I'll probably explain that in a really confusing way, but it makes sense to my brain. Okay, then we've got Oz Wargaming. Oh, it must be an Aussie or an Austrian. Could be Austrian. AUS Wargaming. They say washing for me. It's like miracle water, and they're not referring to like having a bath or a shower themselves. They're talking about the ink washes, um, which is basic. My understanding is it's basically like a paint pigment 
like but watered down excessively uh, maybe more like an ink that makes sense um so for those people out there that don't know what a wash is it's it's it is magical or miracle water like they said like Oswald Gaming says you can so you'll paint a miniature you could paint it white right the whole thing white um, and then it just looks like this big white blob of plastic or metal and then you add the wash over it and boom all the details are picked out because what happens is that watery inky wash thing settles in all the ravines and the cracks and the corners of that particular miniature and then highlights or makes all the details stand out and pop and creates a uh, like a shadowy sort of uh, effect it gives it a, a whole a lot more depth is what I'm trying to say and that that is a very cool step in the painting process and I and like I mentioned before when I discovered washes I was yeah that was my thing but then I did the typical thing of overdoing it like overusing it now I try to do what do they call it pin pin wash I think it's called where you're a bit more uh careful where you're putting that wash like if you're doing a tank you want to do it dot them around the rivets and some of the metal joins and stuff like that around the turret or whatever rather than just going blosh and that can look it can work well going splosh over the whole thing but then you really need to come back with some extra color but anyway let's not digress too much um uh he goes on to say, my favorite is the Army Painter Strong Tone. It is pretty similar to Agrax Earthshade from GW. I am enjoying trying out the contrast paints too now. They are just like thicker washes. I've only just started sort of tinkering around with the contrast. I've got about four or five colors there. And I used, I don't remember the name, but the yellow one. <laughs> I did... I used that as a as a wash or a glaze over some yellow painting I did um, a while back, and it worked a treat. It really did. It sort of just, it kind of just strengthened the yellow that was already there. So, give that a go, yours. Um, uh, we also had Angie's Armies, um, spelt how it sounds. Oh, I'll spell it out: A N G I E S, and then Armies. It really depends on the step and the mini for me. But that moment when you add something to the mini like a wash or a different color or a highlight and suddenly the mini just pops to where you want it to be. Yep, I definitely hear that. And I'm sure we all agree on that, that you just, you do something. You do that extra highlight. You do that tiny bit more of null oil on the sword <laughs> or the, the tooth or the horn and you just go, ah. Oh. That looks really nice now. <laughs> and maybe because we're all obsessed with painting, maybe that's uh, like that's our thing. Other people really wouldn't understand it or some people may not even see the difference. But we do and <laughs> and that's all that matters. So thank you Angie's Armies. Uh Arunia, I think that's how you say it. Arunia, A R U N I R. Definitely layering. I always hate doing the base colors, but once it's washed and I can start the layers, I'm happy. Yep, I hear that too. Thank you for commenting. Next, we have Gracchus, and uh, he summed it all up, I reckon, in, in two words and a smiley face. Being finished. Now, man, a few words. But he makes a very good point because, yeah, one of the best steps about painting is being done with it. <laughs> and I don't mean because we don't like it. I just mean 
How nice, and I think this is what he's referring to, but how nice is it when you finish that model and you look at it and go, my God, I am a genius. <laughs> and unfortunately, you share it, you show your family and they're like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> but then you share it on Instagram and you get all the love that you need for your little miniature. Um, no, a very good point. Thank you, Gracchus. Um, we had uh, Keardale. I think that's how you say it, Keardale or Kyredale, K-I-E-R-D-A-L-E. Tough question. I'm painting the final bit of some models at the moment. The armor's done, the cloth is done, weapons are done, skin's done, leather's done, just the hair, and they're finished. I can see how they're going to look, and it's the final step to finish off these 10 and complete 40 overall that's the that's the step I like most, this final little bit. And again, it's like what Gracchus said. It's, uh, yeah, it's getting to that point where you've gone, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and they're looking awesome. They're looking how I pictured them to be. I, I feel that too. I definitely, like recently I've been painting some Australians for bolt action and they're nice, straightforward, simple models and simple paint jobs. But it's the same thing. I'm putting that those final touches, those final highlights or uh, a little bit of extra wash here and there. But already the miniature's finished and I'm just sort of admiring it going, oh, it looks really cool. I'm really happy with it. Can't wait to take some photos of it in the garden. So yeah, thank you, Keardale. We also had rot.snot.and dot bile. So rot's not and bile, but with dots between each of those words. That's a great, that's a great Instagram name. Rot, snot, and bile. I'm guessing they're a fan <laughs> of Nurgle. Uh, I tend to hate the way things look after base coating. Yep, I hear that. Looks like a five-year-old's done it. So I love when the first washes start to bring out the details and make the model feel alive. Yep, exactly. So like I mentioned before, the wash... It really does make all those little details. Sometimes, sometimes I'll put a wash on something and I didn't even realize a particular detail was there at first. Like I'll go, oh, they've actually got a grenade stuck to their back or something like that. And you go, boom, there's the, there's the wash and it just makes that stand out. So, yep, definitely hear that, brother. Uh, we've got the Providia campaign with an underscore between each of those words, the Providia uh, underscore campaign. Yep. The Providia campaign. Applying matte varnish means I've finished a model. Now we're seeing a bit of this. So a lot of people obviously like the end. So it's more about the, uh, the destination as opposed to the journey, I guess, for some people. And that's okay because I think some people thoroughly enjoy painting. Other people just want to get the job done so they can get the models on the table if they're right into wargaming. Um, other people don't like painting at all and just slap some basic colors on there. They might do a wash and then they do a dry brush and that's okay too. But for me, I definitely enjoy the process um, and the finished result is an, is an added bonus, I suppose, for me. But yeah, thank you, the Providia campaign. Um, Jason Turner Minis, he's straight to the point with his bloody name, isn't he? Jason Turner Minis, that's it. I like the final steps. For me, that's glazing and weathering. They really pull all the other steps together and make a model look finished. That's very, very true, my friend. Thank you for commenting. Uh, orcs by Alex. Uh, orcs underscore by underscore Alex. Would say weathering. It is so much fun. As I said before, yep, 
weathering is definitely my favorite aspect and it really does finish the model. Validate, oh no, Valet, uh, <laughs> I'm going to screw it up. Validies Paints, I think, or Validays, no, Valad, uh, look, I'll spell it, V-A-L-A-D, or maybe it's Valadies Paints, V-A-L-A-D-Y-S Paints, just before highlighting when all the areas are coming together. So true, so true. And I'd said it is a bit of a rush, isn't it, when you get to that point? Like, it's actually a rush. <laughs> you actually feel like, whew, yeah. Um, they replied, yeah, I like getting over the, oh, my God, this is trash, and, <laughs> and into, well, this looks pretty good. Yep, I hear you. We had Den of Thieves painting. That's another great name, Den of Thieves painting, with an underscore between each of those words. I really love weathering and making things look dirty, grimy, and gritty. Yep, me too, me too. But my second favorite part is basing. It's fun and it brings the whole model together with a little bit more of, bit, bit more, oh sorry, I'll start it again. It's fun and brings the whole model together with a little bit of storytelling. Now that's something we didn't really talk about on this episode is, yeah, is the basing. Now that's obviously you painting that as well most of the time. So it's a key part of the miniature. And I probably don't, oh, sometimes I do, like rarely I do it though, but I don't give the base enough attention. And I really should, because I think sometimes the base can really make or break a miniature. Now, I always do something, but I often just sort of do a simple tuft of grass and some flock or something like that. But some of the some of my more favorite pieces over the years is are the ones that have got more of an interesting base, where, as, as um, Den of Thieves painting says, tells a bit of a story. There might be, you know, there might be a, a charred, skeleton laying at the miniature's feet or a broken down wall with some barbed wire or a bit of a like a sewage pipe or something like that and it kind of sets the scene to where this miniature might be I think I've a little bit to be honest I think I've got a little bit lazy with my basing with some of them uh, obviously when I'm doing a diorama then it uh, uh, you know it's 50% about the base um, but with my general basing for miniatures yeah I've kind of uh, got a little bit too simple, I think. And I think that's partially, well, partially lazy, like I said, but also partially because I kind of want it, the miniature to suit all different settings. So it's very hard to do a generic base unless you just keep it black or gray or something like that. But yeah, so I think that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> all right, moving on to uh, eman.paints, E-M-A-N.paints. Definitely picking out details. I even torture myself to paint every rivet a different color than the base coat. I started out finding ways to cheat some of those details, getting enough painted to the point that uh, that at normal viewing distance in a game, you wouldn't tell. But I discovered there is something meditative to finding the smallest groove or nubbin in a model and making that stand out separate. There, definitely, I definitely get into a like like recently, like I mentioned, uh, doing the um, the pin wash uh, on some of my tanks. Uh, I did a Panzer, and I did a uh, more recently the Matilda. Um, there weren't too many rivets, but it, it is quite. I don't know. You kind of go into a bit of a a zone while you're doing that, and that's kind of fun too. <laughs> Two paints 
tell you what I've been up to in the hobby lately. I've painted more Australians for my bolt action army, enjoying doing that. But more importantly, I had a bloody game. I played uh, my 12-year-old daughter. We had a game of Warhammer the other night, Warhammer 40,000. I was uh, my Praetorian Guard army, and she played the orcs, the albino orcs, also had some German-themed army orcs in there, World War II army-themed uh, German orcs, and it was epic. It was <laughs> it was actually a lot of fun. I held a defensive position, and it was my job to, do, you know, obviously defend and, and, and uh, guard a uh, two VIPs, which were commanders, and also had um, a very important statue that we had to look after as well. And uh, the daughter, she, yeah, she bombarded me hardcore with orc planes. Um, she had orc tanks. She had this orc walker thing as well, like this old metal one that I found a couple of years back and painted up. It's kind of cool. It's not an orc thing, but I made it an orc thing because it looks like an orc thing. Um, and we had a lot of fun. Like, uh, yeah, it was, I had a couple of beers. She had a couple of whiskeys. No, <laughs> she had a milk, I think. And um, yeah, it was it was so much fun. I let her stay up later um, than I usually do because, you know, I was having fun. So I allowed her to, <laughs> to stay up late on a school night. And yeah, we both had so much fun. And especially there was one bit where towards the end, this big orc walker thing um, took on like a whole squad of my Praetorian Guard guys. And yeah, she slaughtered them. Every single one she slaughtered. And it was it was kind of fun because I, when I play the game, for me, it's not about winning or losing. It's about the story that unfolds. That's the fun part for me. I don't get bogged down with rules for one, and I don't get bogged down with like, well, you can't do that. No, you know, like, nah. If if it's epic and if it's cool and if it's a little bit bloody and gory, that's that's all the more better, in my opinion. So that was a lot of fun. That's it for episode 30, guys. Thank you very, very much for listening. And a big special thank you to all of those that commented on Instagram. Really do appreciate it. And it made it a whole lot more fun to relay your thoughts and opinions on my humble little podcast. So thank you very much. And please, by all means, get involved again. For those of you that didn't get involved, that's okay. Keep listening. and uh, But yeah, get involved next time. Let me know what you think about certain questions that I might ask. And apologies to those listeners that are uh, coming from the blog because I didn't actually pose the question on the blog. So bad Eero, bad, bad Eero. Um, But next time I'll make sure I put the question on the blog and on the Instagram, the Instagram I like to call it because I'm elderly. Uh, But thanks, guys. We'll see you in episode 31. You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Podcast.